I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, before we start, the Melbourne Comedy Festival has been cancelled. Lewis actually predicted this the day before they actually cancelled it on our last week's show. Uh, I've actually got a clip of you, Lewis, uh, predicting this. Here it is. Now, before we start uh, letting people know that our Melbourne Comedy Festival show tickets are on sale, and this stage, the Melbourne Comedy Festival is still going. Yeah, I mean, what day is it? It's currently Thursday evening. I would say we have about 12 hours left for you to purchase tickets, feel good about them, and then feel the need to return them when the corona... Bang! Predicted! Predicted, Lewis Hulman. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, obviously, I'm a genius. I see everything. It's Powerball tonight. It's Thursday again. Um, $60 million. Um, it's going to be number 37. Put all your money on 37. <laughs> now, if you, uh, if you get a refund, I should let you know, Become one of our subscribers on Patreon for as little as five bucks a month. You can support Irrational Fear to bring you podcasts and videos. This week, we actually doubled our Patreon subscriber limit um, to 11. And a big shout out to someone named Margot Hobber, uh, who is now donating <laughs> 10 bucks a month. Uh, any relation, Lewis, Margot Hobber? Yeah, um, that's my mum. Shout out to mum. She's been um, financially helping. Helping me out since day dot, and so it's still good to know that she hasn't let up. Thank you, Mum. And also, uh, for every Patreon subscriber who wins Powerball with my number three, I will expect at least 50% of that to go to Rational Fears Patreon. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lewis. It's very generous of you. A Rational Fear is recorded on Gadigal land of the urination. I pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Let's start the show. A Rational Fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, or Fair Dickum. And section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Today on A Rational Fear, Qantas is reportedly seeking a government bailout. When asked what they did with their recent $5 billion profit, a spokesman suggested it was stuck down the back of the Qantas lounge. <laughs> 
And the NRL is seeking a bailout from the government, claiming that Australia won't be Australia without rugby league, which is news to people in Western Australia, South Australia, Victoria, Northern Territory and Tasmania, who all said, who is rugby league? And Tasmania has shut its border to mainland Australia. On top of a 14-day quarantine, people will be deported from the island if they don't test positive to being a close cousin. There's plenty of toilet paper for everyone. This is Irrational Fear. (laughs) Irrational Fear. Welcome to Irrational Fear. Now, let's meet our fear monger tonight. Billed as one of Australia's premier transgender lesbian comedians, maybe. It's Rose Piper. Hello, Rose. Hello. In 2019, he was the winner of Australia's most prestigious science prize. In 2020, he's shutting down his lab because, as it turns out, being good at important work is not valued in Australia. It's Dr. Darren Saunders. G'day, how are you? Oh, well, look, I'm fine. And as someone who... <laughs> is it pretty good for the apocalypse. And as someone who has to live with the uncertainty every day in the cutthroat, chaotic world of youth public broadcasting, it's Lewis Hodder. Hello, Dan. Yes, uh, a joy to um, be here, not broadcasting. I can't hear anything. It's actually... Can I say, um, uh, my, my, since the virus hit and everyone's been working from home... This current setup of a million people speaking from different places um, has become the norm, and I feel like I'm just back at high school watching my substitute teacher struggle with the DVD player again. (laughs) (laughs) And on the pots and pans, it's DJ Diabolical. Now, now I've I've always stood up the back and been the silent DJ and, and the hobo Paul Schaefer, and it took a global pandemic to get me on the mic. You will probably regret it. Thank you, Dan. A little later on the show, broadcaster Alan Jones shares his view on coronavirus. Comedian Beck Melrose will be popping by to do five minutes of her cancelled Melbourne Comedy Festival show and Dilla Bollica will deliver us fresh new news fighters. But first, we couldn't do this show without our sponsors. Here's our first sponsor for tonight. Hi, I'm unindicted war criminal and foppish former Prime Minister Tony Blair. And, I mean, look, these are uncertain times, right? Like 2020 has brought us coronavirus, the climate crisis and married at first sight. And since international travel has been banned, I'm inviting you to take a break and book a journey to somewhere where nothing interesting happens. The 90s. I mean, look, you could learn to surf the web with Morgan Freeman. Click on Netscape Navigator and type in www.altavista.com. Then search for the answer to anything you want. Like, why can't Kevin Costner do an English accent? Or go on a tour of the White House with my good colleague, Bill Clinton. And in this drawer is where I put all the things I want to disappear. Like cigars, used tissues, and genocide in Rwanda. I've never even heard of that place. Uh, sir, Mr. Epstein's on the phone. Oh, excuse me. Jeffrey, hi. Of course, Saturday's great for me. Or you could even visit the set of a television commercial with Donald Trump. I don't even drink vodka. They want me to sell it because I can sell it. Vodka, it's fantastic, believe me. What? Oh, hang on a second. Hello? Hello, Jeffrey. Jeffrey Epstein, my friend, is a billionaire just like me. It's what we have in common. Saturday, I'll be there, of course. So, look, book a ticket to the 90s when the war on terror was just a sparkle in my eye. What, has it, has it finished yet? 
this month. Oh, good. Who won? Actually, don't tell me. I'll, I'll watch it on DVR. So pimp your ride to the 90s, right? A time where if you wanted to enjoy an apocalypse, you had to go to the cinema. Cowabunga, dudes. Well, thank you. This is a rational fear. We're into the third week of coronavirus. Last week on Insiders, Peter Van Onselen tweeted that when, uh, tweeted that when the CMO entered the studio, he offered to shake everyone's hand. Later that afternoon, the Prime Minister suggested that everyone stop shaking hands, which came as a huge release to everyone who is forced to meet the Prime Minister. Uh, and Colbert did a monologue this week from his bath. The NBC Today show, Al's, uh, Al Roker, the weatherman, did the weather from his kitchen. TV shows are doing shows without audiences, which is nothing new. We did we did it tonightly all the time. The difference is popular shows are asking their audiences to stay at home and people in the Netherlands are panic buying weed. So, my friends, how is the apocalypse treating you so far? I, I think it, people would probably expect it to be worse than it is, right? But I've, I've been doing some thinking uh, because a lot of people think that, like, comedy is in, like, a bit of crisis at the moment, right? Like the the comedy festivals being cancelled and everything, and that's obviously you know a bad thing. But I think like it's actually going to uh, sort of in at least when like everything kind of blows over in the end, it's actually going to set the uh, the comedy community up quite well. And I like I've been talking to a lot of comedians and whatnot. And I've just got like a sort of like a, a list of things here that I'd like love to go through to <laughs> sort of like tell everyone. Sure. Like, what what sort of good good stuff we've got to look forward to, right? So, like, at least while we're all, like, self-isolating, socially distancing and whatnot right now, is uh, everybody is being pushed to, like, the podcasting world, right? <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, this is how we do it. We're, we're <laughs> unfortunately having to make a podcast over Google Hangouts. It's very shoddy. Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be a lot more of that, right? Uh, and, like, obviously, like, that's a great thing because all we want is a lot more straight white men telling us which movies we need to watch, right? <laughs> so I've talked to like a few people who've, uh, who've got some like podcasts in the, uh, in the works and uh, I just wanted to go through some of them right now. So uh, I've heard uh, there's, uh, there's one uh, coming up which is called Mighty Morphin Power Recap, right? Uh, which is uh, it's two uh, middle-aged white men uh, just uh, sort of watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode by episode and going through that. Uh, and I, I can only imagine that that is going to be some truly interesting content. Uh, another one uh, uh, that uh, has come through at my uh, my friend's podcasting studio is uh, it's called uh, "What the fuck are you looking at?" Uh, again, uh, middle aged uh, males come on there and uh, discuss all the best fights that they've gotten into uh, over their uh, over their lifetime. So that's a pretty good one. There's uh, there's also one called. Um, We'll just tell your mother we ate it all, uh, which is uh, it's actually uh, it's, it's two white males and a trans woman uh, who uh, watch sort of that American Pie style teen sex comedies every week and discuss those. And I know you're thinking that doesn't sound like it has any legs at all. It couldn't even have a hundred episodes. It didn't celebrate that today. Please listen. Please listen. Uh, <laughs> is this is this your podcast, Rose? Oh no, it's certainly not mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I don't have any involvement in that podcast at all. Please listen. Uh, we really need it. Please well, listen. There's, there's certainly going to be a, a lot of time for binge watching, so I see those podcasts going well. I'm just not sure about the restaurant review and travel podcasts. How they're how they're going to go moving? Moving. I mean, forward. that's certainly going to suffer. Yeah. Uh, I, th- it, it, I think what it's it's going to come down to is a lot of kind of uh, reminiscing style ones. Uh, Another one that I've heard of, uh, yeah. sort of in the vein of uh, in the vein of guys we fucked, is uh, chicks we've rooted. 
So I'm sure there'll be uh, quite a lot of uh, tasteful material covered in uh, in that podcast. Yeah, or rem- or remember what toilet paper was, or what was food. <laughs> yeah, that was that was actually quite a good thing that happened to us today. We had a, we had a housemate move out today and uh, left behind all her who gives a crap toilet paper. So uh, we are set. Oh my god, that is my leaving behind gold. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I was surprised. Except you can wipe your bum with it. Wow. Hey, you, you, can, you can wipe your bum with gold if you try hard enough. Yeah, it'll, it'll I, probably get to that point. I think it's a it's a rough endorsement if someone uh, facing a period of potential quarantine with housemates is moving out right now. Like, basically <laughs> they are saying, I don't want to spend two weeks with you specifically. Yes. No thanks. Well, it's not even two weeks. It's like it's like people are really have to be bunkering down for a few months. So pe- people, it's yeah. like saying the next five months mm. are going to be awful in this house if I don't move. It's going to be a real test, particularly if you live in a share house. I I think a lot of people are talking about the um the rate of babies going up in nine months after this, but I think people have got to start talking well, about the rate of divorces going up. <laughs> you know, st- statistically, divorces have gone up in China be- because of the uh, all the um, all the isolation. Well, really? Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. No, go. it's it's already that's, in this in the stats. Yeah, that's their biggest problem, actually. Yeah. Well, Darren, what's your <laughs> that's, it, that's China's biggest problem? Darren, what are you saying? What do you predict will happen in in five months' time? Uh, look, look. I think I just want to point out that I think I was way ahead of the curve on shutting down my lab because unless you're building COVID uh, test kits or vaccines, everyone's shutting down their lab. So uh, <laughs> that turned out to be quite prescient, actually. I'm just yeah, getting, ahead, uh, getting ahead on that. Th- um, it's- where are we going to be in five months' time? Uh, look, I think the world's going to look really different. I hate to be really heavy about that, but uh, I think actually, you know, to put a positive slant on it, I reckon we're going to come out the other side a much better society and a much better community. I think we're getting a really good reminder of what's actually important in life. And I think that's a I reckon that's a good thing to hang on to as we go into as we go into pasta is definitely a good thing to hang on to. <laughs> I've been eating I've been eating uh, types of pasta and rice I never even knew existed this week. I've that's all I for the first time in about five years for that. <laughs> Uh, Darren, it's great to have you on the podcast because we're not experts at all, but, you know, you are an expert. You are a doctor, nay, a professor. Uh, So can you tell us, I'm sure people are turning to you for all kinds of scientific advice because your head is often on the television, uh, often your voice is often on the radio as as a communicator of science. What are the kinds of questions? I thought maybe I could ask you to collect a bunch of questions that people have been asking you and maybe you could quiz us tonight on the answers. And so we'll, we'll try and provide what the answers are and then you can tell us whether we're right or wrong. Oh, this is perfect. I've got more questions than I can answer so I can feed these back to people. This will be fantastic. <laughs> right, well, excellent. <laughs> um, I reckon the good one to lead off with uh, is what, what's the effect of all that bushfire smoke we all breathed in for months and months and months on what's going to happen with COVID infection. Uh, your lungs will taste like smoked salmon. <laughs> Fewer koalas are alive to die. That's a positive, Ben. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if koalas can get COVID after. That's a good question. Well, let's find out. Let's cop well, they got well, I, 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 gave them, I gave them chlamydia. <laughs> I think an effect it will have is because we were all told that we were uh, breathing whatever it was, like 37 darts a day or something like that. Uh, but now the economic downturn is probably going to cause some people to stop smoking. So <laughs> it was like kind of getting your fix in before you mm. before you quit, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's not, not a bad way to look at it. I actually did buy a face mask during the bushfires that has t- turned out to be quite handy in the long run. 
getting ahead of the curve again. Yeah. You're like Nostradamus. <laughs> right. Man, I am a cry. I'm ahead of things. People can listen to me more. <laughs> well, what, what do you think, Darren? What do you think the um, um, the ramifications of breathing in that bushfire smoke are? Uh, the, the, the actual answer is we probably don't know. The, the guess or the hypothesis would be that we're probably a little bit more susceptible to infection. All that smoke has been damaging our lungs the whole time we've been breathing it in, and uh, it's probably making us a little bit more susceptible to the infection. And as for how the infection will play out in people, hard to say. So not not a good news story, that one. There was such a weird point in kind of time where the smoke, you couldn't really avoid it anywhere. Like you like with the coronavirus, I feel like you can probably do, if you don't have it, you could probably do your best to not have it for a, a long time. But the smoke was just so unavoidable because you couldn't really escape to any place that didn't have it. Uh, yeah, that At was, one point that I was thought- showering in it. The water tank where I was staying actually got permeated with smoke. It was like showering in scotch. It was not pleasant as you think it might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was about to say, it. it sounds pretty good. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. You could, <laughs> you, could, you could sell that at a Gwyneth Paltrow resort, showering in that smoke. <laughs> Smoke Shower, uh, showering <laughs> genuine Australian bushfire smoke. Mmm, three hundred dollars. Okay. I'm just going to make a note of that. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> What's your next question, Darren? Uh, all right. Next question was, um, what is going to happen to everyone that's swimming? Can we swim in pools? Can we swim in the ocean and, and avoid COVID? I would have thought pools were a no-no, but I should think the ocean should be fine, right? I hope the ocean is fine. Hey, that's my thought too. My thought is that the ocean is. Antibacterial, maybe. Mm. It's it's an interesting one, isn't it? I don't, the ocean, uh, nobody knows. The ocean, uh, the sunlight kills a lot of germs, but it probably won't kill the viruses. But it, there's Darren, a lot of water Darren, to dilute. Before it in. you go on, before you go on, are the answers to all your question is nobody knows? <laughs> there's a lot of that going on at the moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving it. It means that we're all getting it right, and I'm loving the point. It's good. Oh, all right, great. What's the next question? All right. Um, when are we going to have a vaccine? <laughs> I got this one. I got this one. I got this one. Nobody knows. <laughs> Lewis, what do you think? Uh, I would have said, uh, yeah, nobody knows, Dan. That's one of the few things we uh, we, do. we actually don't know. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go confident and get out on the front foot and say within a month. Damn. No. Oh, that's a big call. Wow. Yeah. Dylan, wow. Do you have I was actually prediction? hoping that Lewis would say that because then it would happen. Oh shit! Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. I Lewis is Nostradamus. I won't lower myself to um to to that. I'm afraid. <laughs> so this one I picked deliberately because I can actually answer this one. This is. Oh. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw. Yes, I think it was yesterday. The very first human guinea pigs patients um, got the first test doses of one of the new vaccines. So where were they? Where can we get it from? <laughs> yeah, no, they Will were it be available somewhere. at Woolies? I, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think Trump's bought it already. Probably that's what I mean. <laughs> he tried to. He tried to buy one of the German companies. Yeah. So where where were they, Darren? Where, who who got the first vaccines? Uh, and these when ones we would find I, out. I believe they were in Europe. I could be wrong. I don't remember precisely. We've got a yeah. we've got a vaccine in development in Australia that's been in animals now, so it's almost ready to test in humans. And then the trick is making enough for hundreds of millions of people. That that will take a few months at least. Right. Is that when you're going to start your lab up again? That's it. That's the plan. <laughs> I'm just gearing up for that now. Do you have another question for us about um, COVID-19? Uh, just mass misconceptions? Oh, look, here's the one. Here's the question of the day or the question of the week is uh, why haven't they shut the schools yet? Why haven't <laughs> they shut the schools yet? That's the one that's on everyone's lips around here. Why haven't they shut the schools yet? 
Because people need to know about white history and forget about colonialism. That's why they haven't <laughs> shut the schools yet. Yeah. In this time, the white man fixes everything. That is why they haven't shut the schools yet. There's probably too many the decision government. makers in there who've just had their kids get to school age who have gone, no, I'm not fucking taking them back in the house now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is consistent with like this government's long-term war against teachers. Maybe they're just hoping that instead of having to underpay them, they can just kill them. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, dark, Lewis. You've got the very, the truth when you know, I think. Very <laughs> dark. Oh, yeah, I grew up in a what? family of teachers. I've seen governments do some crook shit to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? We're kind of remembering the value of all of these kind of jobs like nurses and teachers, right? What is what is it, Darren? I mean, you're someone um, uh, who's seen the brunt of this kind of attitude from our government, that there mm. seems to be a dislike or a distrust of expertise uh, of really smart people who know things. Yep. Why is it that this government does have... or ga- This government, not in, in this, not it's not... Um, particularly this government, governments are all around the world, yep. have, a, have a distaste and a uh, distrust of people with expertise and are doing everything they can to seemingly defund them and get rid of them. I think oh, the, the brutal truth to that is because they delivered some uncomfortable uh, facts and truths to them that didn't suit their sort of political ends and so they undermined them as much as they could. You know, People have been profiteering politically and financially for years off undermining facts and truth. But getting rid of like the getting rid of like the pandemic unit for the CDC in the, in America uh, seems like a completely counterintuitive act. But, given but Dan, that they were just they were just sitting around doing nothing. Exactly, <laughs> just, just wasting money. And, and if yeah. we want them, we can get them back. If we want them, we we know where they are. and We can get them back whenever we want. The best people. They're, the best people. They're like they're like firemen. They just sit around all day doing nothing. Get rid of them. Not most but of the time. Do you honestly think, Darren, that that is like that is the motive? Like it's it is purely you're you're delivering information that is too dangerous for us politically to even have. Well, I think well, yeah, partly. I mean, if you look at the climate change, the climate change is an obvious one. You know, that's where it seemed to be the lightning rod for this sort of approach of denying truth or whatever you want to call it. And it was literally that there were some really rich people and big companies that were you know their profits were under threat and they've spent a lot of money trying to prop up those profits by seeding doubt you know we saw the tobacco companies do it before them and then and then what's happened is the political parties have all figured out that that's a really good way of getting hold of power is to is to take that approach you know and i think that that's fine when the threat is just as existential as the as the coronavirus but it's you know 20 or 40 years down the road and suddenly that model doesn't work when the threat is very real and very now Mm. Well, here are some good things about COVID-19. There has been a huge reduction in CO2 emissions, up to 10% in some countries. Uh, Because of the ban on cruise ships, the Venice canals have become extremely clear and you can see to the bottom bottom of them without pollution and sediment. And another good thing uh, about the COVID-19 is that Eurovision has been cancelled for this year. Uh, So no Eurovision. Uh, What other good things have we seen out there because of COVID-19, do we think? Seen a lot of videos of penguins loose in um, zoos looking at the fish through the walls. That was pretty good. <laughs> I think um, my, my favourite good news story um, was the directive from ISIS that came out through the week. Yes, that's you saw right. This, that, um, ISIS put out a press release um, banning their, their uh, suicide bombers from going to Europe um, because obviously, you know, Venice might be beautiful, but, you know, even ISIS has uh, OH&S things to consider. 
So they um, they banned their terrorists from going to Europe. Um, yeah, because you don't want to, you know, blow up a building while you're feeling a bit snotty in the nose, do you? No. Well, that's um, the thing. I mean, and- most of those are one-way tickets, surely. I don't quite know what they're saving them from. Yeah. And Dan, I believe the uh, the mayor of Baltimore has ordered everyone to stop shooting each other, so they can um, <laughs> so they can uh, create rooms for uh, in the hospitals for COVID uh, victims. So look, I think there'll be a massive downturn in street violence um, until we run out of toilet paper, and then there'll be a massive upturn in street violence. <laughs> Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger has been making great content from his home. He's been advocating for social distancing. You may have seen earlier in the week him feeding his ponies inside his home. Uh, here is one of him sitting in a in, sitting in a in a hot tub, smoking a cigar, giving some very very good advice. I just finished a bike ride and a little bit of workout, and I just you know keep staying at home, and away from the crowds and away from outside. The reason why I'm saying that is because. I still see photographs and videos of people sitting in outside cafes all over the world and having a good time and hanging out in crowds. That is not wise because that's how you can get the virus. That's how you get it, like contact with other people. So stay away from crowds, stay away from being in restaurants and outdoor cafes, especially now in springtime where all the kids are going to the beach and celebrate and drink and all that stuff. This is not a good idea. So stay away from the crowds, go home, and then we can overcome this whole problem, this whole virus in no time. But you got to go and follow those orders. Just remember, stay at home, don't don't go to crowds. Put that cookie down. I think he's being incredibly responsible. He is the most responsible boomer out there. I've been trying to tell my mum to stay away from her church and stop going to the shops, but she just ignores me. She completely says, she says, you young people are too worried. We're at church and we're not coughing over each other. Um, The only upside to that is I can see my inheritance will be coming a little bit earlier than I expected. But... um, Silver linings. Silver lining. How do we convince? How do we convince uh, our parents that they should be staying home? Tell them that there's um, a property that they can buy inside their already existing property. Um, (laughs) See if they can sort of negatively gear like a babushka doll internally until they own so many negatively geared properties that it just sort of folds in on itself. And then they'll never leave. They'll always be searching under their bed for that next property that we can't have. It's a good excuse for them to be uh, more xenophobic because then they can blame someone for them uh, having to be at home. I hate to tell this story, but my mum is very quietly xenophobic. Whenever she's telling anecdotes, she will dip her voice whenever she has to name the race of the person in the anecdote. So she'll be like, and then at the shops I saw a man and he just went... (laughs) Oh, that's nice. At least you're at least you're blunting your xenophobia. <laughs> my mum went from uh, complete and utter coronavirus denier to full blown prepper in 24 hours. So I had a quiet word to her yesterday. What, what, and- what was the turning point? Because I'm curious. Yeah, because a lot of boomers like everything's fine, and then they turn. What was it for them? I, I, well, I pointed out she was letting me down. You know, I was going on TV and radio and telling everybody all this stuff, and she was basically making me look like a fool for ignoring me. And uh, you know, no mum wants to embarrass their son like that. I was talking to her today and she's gone from, you know, you need to teach the kids how to grow their own food. They need to know how to sew. She went right back to full on, you know, 1930s uh, self-sustaining skills. Can she talk to my mum? Yeah, we can swap numbers. (laughs) 
I, I think the main thing, the responsibility for all of us to do is is share our Netflix password with our parents. So, <laughs> I already do. I already good, do. Good. I'm yeah, waiting yeah. for my mum to share hers with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to do as many Irrational Fear podcasts as we can because um, I, I know as a, as a passionate subscriber... We make a lot. My mum will just keep listening and she'll never be able to leave the house. Thank you, Margot Hobber. Thank you very much. A little later on, comedian Beck Melrose will join us to do a tight five from her cancelled Melbourne Comedy Festival show. But I don't know if you heard this. Uh, earlier this week, Alan Jones compared the coronavirus to climate change, claiming it was a hoax. He went on air yesterday and clarified a few things. Good morning, everyone. A lot of people have suggested to me that I'm not taking coronavirus seriously enough by comparing it to the hoax of climate change. Oh, God. Well, let me tell you, COVID-19, as they're calling it. Oh, who named that? Some sort of scientist or something. Oh, God, nerds. COVID-19 is a hoax, much like carbon dioxide. I haven't seen it with my own eyes, so it doesn't exist. And my eyesight is very good. Like, posted on the door on the other side of my Southern Highland studio, where I'm broadcasting from for the next six months for no reason in particular, I can read a sign that says... Warning, stay 1.5 metres away from this door. Nothing to do with coronavirus. I've just got to keep the home studio sounding crystal clear. Don't want some sort of goose coming in here squawking at me. And I'm not talking about Anthony Albanese. <laughs> oh, God. Now, my good friend Scott Morrison has just told me you must stop panic buying. It's clearly un-Australian. Well, let me tell you something. He got something wrong there. The only thing you should be panic buying is my new album, Alan Jones's Songs for a Life of Isolation. Oh, it's got me, Alan Jones, singing all of your favourites like... All by myself Don't want to be all by myself. Give us a call to the open line number. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And don't forget that classic. Don't stand so, don't stand so, don't stand so close to me. And how about a cheeky duet? You give me fever. When you kiss me, fever. When you hold me tight, fever. In the morning, fever all throughout the night. Take it away, Anthony Kalia. Oh, God, what a voice. Wait till you hear him sing. Oh, what a voice. Oh, we had to do it on Skype, but still, you get the idea. So don't believe what you read. There is no coronavirus. If you can't see it, it doesn't exist. A bit like the Blenders Low Cup. I've never seen it, so we've never lost it. <laughs> I'm Alan Jones. Alan Jones there. That's great. I haven't, I haven't been travelling for work for a few weeks, but I feel like I just had a nice taxi ride to the airport. That was fantastic. <laughs> a rational fear. And I haven't touched my face in weeks. <laughs> in weeks. Since the Melbourne International Comedy Festival has been cancelled, I thought, wouldn't it be great to get some of our comedy friends of the show to come and do their best tight five from the their cancelled shows that they can't perform in Melbourne? And uh, coronavirus has really knocked that right out of the park. Now we have to do it on Google Hangouts. But we're going to try it anyway. I thought we'd get Beck Melrose to give it a go. Since she's going to be on the show on Irrational Fear next week, I thought, what better way to uh, to get her to, to come on the show but do a bit of a warm-up by doing her best tight five from her cancelled Melbourne, Melbourne Comedy Festival show. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, Beck Melrose. Hello, legends. How are we doing? Yeah, well, well. Good, good, good. good. Yeah. good, good. Same. 
I miss crowd work. <laughs> Quick, ask me what I do for a living. No, I thought I'd do um, a type five of my office gear because um, I thought I wrote that thinking it'd be evergreen and I'd be able to use it forever, but we don't have offices anymore, so thought I might as well give it a run. Uh, who's come straight from work? Give us a woo. Woo! Yep. Yeah. Nah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Work's fucked, isn't it? Uh, I've, I've just started working in an office, so my zest for life is draining faster than the Murray Darling, I can assure you. <laughs> no, no one's talking to one another like human beings in the office. There's all this jargon and buzzwords and shit that get in the way. My favourite one they use at my work is as per my last email. Have we heard this? <laughs> yeah. What a power move. As per my last email. It's the closest you can get to saying fuck off your grub at work, isn't it? <laughs> I haven't used as per my last email. I haven't got the confidence to use as per my last email. I'm like 50 Brene Brown TED Talks short of the confidence it takes to use as per my last email. But there's so much of this bizarre language at work. I kept hearing my boss say, oh, why don't you give that project to Beck? She's got capacity. Go on, flick that one over to Beck. She's got capacity. Pass that over to Beck. She's got capacity. I'm not a fucking Tupperware container. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. And everyone at work's worried about AI taking their jobs, robots taking our jobs. I'm not that worried yet. I've seen the <laughs> test online to prove you're not a robot. <laughs> I reckon if they can't check a box or pick out a bridge in a lineup, I don't reckon they'll be coming for our jobs anytime soon. But even when they do, like, take my job. I don't give a shit. Let's see you try and machine learn your way through the social obstacle course of Linda's <laughs> passive-aggressive kitchen signs. <laughs> we dead set in my office had a sign above another sign that said, read the sign. <laughs> Never mind a robot, that shit would short-circuit a Roomba. <laughs> we are decades away from developing the kind of technology that's going to be able to deftly navigate pretending to give a fuck about Neil's weekend. No. But we keep hearing the same <laughs> argument about AI, don't we? That it's going to save us so much time. So what? We're just going to find more bullshit to fill the time with anyway, aren't we? <laughs> what happened to all the time we saved not having to churn our own butter? That butter churning time just dissolved into extra wanks in a single generation, didn't it? And we'll do it again, I'm sure of it. But my boss has been trying to keep morale up at my work amongst a spate of redundancies. And he, he kept trying to do a, get us to do a sweep for the horse races and no one was ever keen. And I, I felt kind of sorry for him, so I thought, oh, we'll do our own. So, so I printed out photos of everyone in the office and put us all into a little bowl. We all got to pick someone out. Now we just have to wait and see who gets the next redundancy. <laughs> someone's gone home with a hamper, someone's kids aren't going to Disneyland this year. <laughs> but we all poured ourselves a glass of yellow and we filed into the boardroom to watch the real race unfold. It's a beautiful day for it. The race that stops a nation. The Crow's Nest Regional Office Redundancy Cup. Janet from Accounts is playing up in the barriers. And what do you know it? Alan, the IT lead, made it to the start after having every Monday off for the last financial quarter. <laughs> it is a miracle. They're all in. The lights are on. Set. 
Racing in the Crow's Nest Regional Office Redundancy Cup. <laughs> Carmel from Comms has started strong, closely followed by, as per my last email, do you have five for a quick chat? And Kathleen, what do you even do? They round the first corner and who called the unions coming down the outside, buffeted by Kira Lee, the intern. Mansplain Mark is midfield on the rails just behind, not before I've had my coffee and that's not in my job description. Coming down the straight is unsolicited neck massage, unmet KPI and some prick ate my sandwich. Just a quick one for you's going steady. Peter from Risk is yelling but nobody's listening. Half ahead to, for God's sake Rob, wipe out the microwave. Oh, we've had a fall. It's Kira Lee, the intern. Kira Lee, the intern's broken down at the 6.50 and Neil says millennials just can't hack it in the workplace after all. Deborah, the gender and diversity lead, is going strong, having a renaissance in relevance after some dodgy comments were made at the Christmas party. Janet from Accounts hasn't wasted energy on a single smile as they head for home. And who called the unions out in front of Monday morning small talk? Carmel from Coms, an awkward birthday song. <laughs> but here comes accidental reply all. <laughs> accidental reply all challenged by Rich Prick left tuner in the lunchroom. 3.50 to go in the Crow's Nest Regional Office Redundancy Cup and it's all who called the union. Who called the union? Halfhead to Carmel from Coms. <laughs> Kathleen, what do you even do and get fucked at Smoko? But who's this coming down the outside? It's the favourite. Reg from Operations is for lying down the outside. He's not going anywhere. He plays tennis with the chairman. He's utterly useless and he's here to stay. It's Reg taking out the Crow's Nest Regional Office Redundancy Cup. Half ahead to We Can't Fire, the CEO, and a photo for third between Shooter State and Uni and I'm useless, but the director is my uncle. <laughs> yeah. very good thanks guys thanks very much um, I, I lost my job but I did win a hamper <laughs> thanks you can't see Beck Melrose at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival tickets are not on sale now Irrational Fear well, uh, we are going to be um, back weekly with Rational Fear since our Melbourne Comedy Festival show isn't going. So please uh, hit us up on Patreon. Give us a few bucks a month. Uh, also, FBI Radio, where we normally record this, uh, needs your help. Uh, so please go to fbiradio.com forward slash donate and give them a few bucks, particularly if you live in Sydney and you love uh, independent radio and uh, and great music. Special thanks to, for this episode to Rupert Dagas, Jacob Brown, FBI Radio, Darren Saunders, Lewis. Lewis Hobber, Rose Piper, Dylan Bain, and the wonderful Beck Melrose. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks so much. We'll leave you with the latest news fighters on the coronavirus. Dylan, do you want to introduce it? Uh, so, uh, sorry, coronavirus. I actually did it on the NBA March Madness. No one. No. What's cor- I haven't haven't touched any news last two weeks. But what's coronavirus? This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. One of the great things about the current age of having internet and social media is being able to watch your favorite celebrities break down over the coronavirus pandemic in real time. Some are handling it better than others. Here's rapper Cardi B, who had her tour cancelled. Guess what, bitch? <laughs> coronavirus! Coronavirus! I'm telling you, shit is real! Shit is getting real! Is this coronavirus shit gonna be like a couple of weeks type of shit? Or it's gonna be a couple of months type of shit? Let me know so I can start motherfucking racking up on foods and Montclair's so a bitch can move to motherfucking Antarctica, bitch. Once again, Cardi B, the voice of reason in an age of confusion. Meanwhile, Arnold Schwarzenegger is living his best life, hanging out at home with Danny DeVito. Oh, no, wait, sorry, that's a miniature horse. Moon loves carrots. 
whiskey loves carrots. I just had my little bit of vegan food. Oh, that was yummy, huh? I just had a fantastic workout at the house in my home gym. Yeah, I am at home taking a jacuzzi, smoking a little stogie. Mm. I just finished a bike ride and a little bit of workout. And I just, you know, keep staying at home. Yes, do like Arnie, stay at home. But maybe don't smoke a cigar. I think we might need your lungs to be as healthy as possible. Meanwhile, Michael Stipe from REM isn't coping too well. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Stop trying to help Michael Stipe. And don't you dare pivot to that shiny, happy people bullshit either. We need you to stay calm in this time of crisis. Now, a lot of musicians are getting in on holding online quarantine concerts, um, including Chris Martin of Coldplay, whose music is like coronavirus for your ears. They were all yellow. Look, I'm not trying to say that keyboard sounded bad, but geez, I think the audio was better on Keyboard Cat. And just when things couldn't look any worse, Willie Nelson's son Lucas hits us about the ears with the biggest cliche he could reach for. The minor drop and the major lift, the baffled king composing If any government out there is listening, Scott Morrison, Trump, Boris, Angela Merkel, the UN, the WHO, I don't care. Please institute an immediate indefinite ban on performances of Hallelujah. This is actually a policy I've been pushing for for years, long before coronavirus, but this is the time we can make it happen. Meanwhile, all Aussies returning home from overseas are going to be facing two weeks of self-isolation. And uh, most of them seem to be handling it pretty well. Yeah, just going to lock myself in and just um, punch some cones for a couple of days. <laughs> How are you going to spend the next two weeks, I guess? Thanks, mate. No worries. We can't disclose all of it. Okay, that's News Fighters on Irrational Fear. To listen to the full episode, subscribe to News Fighters on your podcasting app or check us out at newsfighters.com. I'm Dylan Bain. Keep washing your hands and bye for now. This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.